Greetings, listeners, and welcome aboard Costume Station Zero. I am Bob Mitch, and I'm joined this week by Vicki Sebring. Hello! And she is flying solo for once. This is a one-on-one interview, long overdue. Um, many of you might have heard Vicky on our various roundtable podcasts and so on. At least cackling. At least cackling, uh, if not more. So, um, uh, forgive me if we go over stuff we've talked about before, but for those who came in late, uh, how did you get into cosplay? Oh, well, I always loved Halloween as a kid. Mm-hmm. Loved going a little bit overboard. And when I love comic books, and when I started going to conventions, of which San Diego Comic-Con was really my first comic book convention, mm-hmm. which kind of skews you. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, very much. And I saw the people dressing up and stuff, and I thought, that's fun. That's mm-hmm. neat. Mm-hmm. And it just sort of happened from there. So your first costume for conventions, not Halloween, was... Um, the first one I ever wore at a convention was, uh, 1966 Julie Newmar Catwoman. Mm-hmm. Um, wasn't one I made, it was one someone made for me. Had, a, a lot of inaccuracies, a lot of issues. Um, wasn't the easiest thing to wear, but, uh, it evolved from there. But did it have the read? It read pretty good. Mm-hmm. It, it wound up being, while it was the correct type of fabric, mm-hmm. being a Lorex, it was not a stretch Lorex, which it should have been, which meant it was very difficult to move in. Ah. Uh, and it was a dark charcoal gray instead of a black. So mm-hmm. it, while it, it read very well, mm-hmm. it was not quite the right color. It was a little light. Mm-hmm. And it didn't quite have the fit that the stretch has. Because mm-hmm. uh, the stretch, well, it doesn't have a ton of stretch. It does mold somewhat. And you can at least move a little in it. I see. So, uh, obviously you still do Catwoman, as I know. Yes. Uh, what, what, how many iterations have you gone through to get to the current Catwoman you wear? Um, well, f- for about nine years, I was wearing the same Catwoman suit. Was was made for me by a, a wonderful guy by the name of Greg Marial. I'm, I'm saying that wrong. It's uh, uh, M-A-R-A-I-O. I mangle everything when I pronounce it. Um owner of GVM Designs, does beautiful work. Mm -hmm. That suit was absolutely gorgeous. I got nine years worth of wear out of that suit Mm -hmm. before, due to stress and uh, wear and tear, the seams gave out. The fabric literally just kind of gave up the ghost. But nine years with a lot of wear, a lot of appearances. Mm -hmm. Um, And not just me wearing that suit. I lent it out to several other people to wear as well. So it got a lot of use. Uh, Are there pieces of it that have made the transition to the? Next I still one? have the ears, um, the gloves. I've remade myself several times, and um, I still have the belt and the boots. The boots, they they hurt like, oh, they hurt. But they're the right read. They're they mm-hmm. couldn't. The only way they could be any more accurate was if the toe was just a little more rounded instead of just it's a little pointier than mm-hmm. it was in the '60s because it's a '90s boot. Right. And but nobody's called you on it, right? Well, other than that, they could they could almost be dead ringers. Okay. So I've never seen anybody with more accurate boots. Were these just lucky finds or were these they... were lucky finds. Mm-hmm. I got them at an Aldo store back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um maybe it was early two thousands, not nineties, early two thousands. Mm-hmm. I saw them and I'm like, that's I'm not gonna find better than that. And uh that's what I've been using ever since. 
although um, my feet hate me. Yes. <laughs> uh, i just wearing the Star Trek boots. I can relate enough. And um, yes, I don't envy it. But it does have a great read. Definitely. It, it reads perfectly. The ears are awesome. The necklace is great. Um, the, the belt is, is still available. You can still find them. It's an actual vintage belt that was mm -hmm. from the sixties. Mm -hmm. I have multiples of them mm -hmm. and there, you can still find them online on eBay. Uh, I've come across them a couple of times in vintage stores. Um, sometimes they're not in the right color. Mm -hmm. Uh, and you have to be careful to make sure you're getting the actual sixties scale stretch belt. Um, as opposed to there, there was a version made in the eighties, mm -hmm. which looks kind of similar, but the scales aren't quite the same. Mm -hmm. They're more like several rows of scales molded together. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's not quite as flexible. Whereas the belt from the sixties, each row of scales was individually sewn on. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's a little, it, it curves a lot easier and, and moves a lot easier. For the benefit of anyone looking into a Catwoman costume, uh, what is the search term you would use to find this belt? Ooh, vintage scale gold belt mm -hmm. uh, or scale mail stretch gold belt. It, mm -hmm. is a, it is an elastic belt that has these like rows of scales sewn onto it. Mm -hmm. Um, the buckle is rectangular with a little flower motif in the center. I've seen that same scale type of belt with a ton of different buckles. Mm -hmm. And basically it just stretches around and then it hooks on the buckle. To, uh, if I come across one, I tend to buy it if it's in the right color and mm -hmm. if it's in decent condition, whether the buckle is right or not, because I can always replace the buckle with a different buckle that I have if the elastic starts to go or I miss damage or, or whatever. They are kind of fragile. Mm -hmm. um, the scales come off, the elastic loses its stretch. Mm -hmm. um, so it's always good to have backup. But they, they are still available. You can still find them if you look. Okay. Um, so nine years... Yeah, that is a good run. That's a good run. Um, and then uh, is that is that up until the last time I saw you in it, or when when did or do you have another? Uh, the last time you saw me in it, um, I didn't do it last year. It was like two years ago, and that was a version that that I made. Um, when we did the library appearance, yeah. What year was that? I think all of this was in 2014. So 2014 was the last appearance of that suit that mm -hmm. Greg made me. And because it was on that appearance that it gave up the ghost and I got a huge rip down the inner uh, seam line of the leg where mm -hmm. the seam didn't give the actual fabric just frayed. And I knew it was going to happen sooner or later because I could tell that the wear was building up. It's a delicate fabric. Mm -hmm. um, it's it's and I, I put it through a lot. <laughs> very true. Very true. A lot of cons, but uh, I made another version of it uh, for myself in, in 2014. Um, and I, I still need to tinker with the, the pattern. I'm not 100% yet with how happy with how mm -hmm. it's it's turned out. The pattern still needs some tweaking and stuff. But but that's the one I've worn in the last several appearances I've done. So moving on from Catwoman. Yes. Um, I, I don't have like a firm chronology here, but I know Wonder Woman is, is one of your other very big well, characters. That same year that I was doing the Catwoman suit... Uh, when I first did it, I managed to whip together my first Wonder Woman. Mm. Um, I hadn't planned to do Wonder Woman because I didn't think I would get it done on time. And uh, 
that was the start of what has become a very unfortunate con tradition where I am sewing in the car on the way to the con. <laughs> I'm sure many relate to that, though. Putting right. stars on trunks uh, mm -hmm. in on the car, but I managed to get it done in time to make an appearance as Wonder Woman at the, the show. Um, it's improved and evolved a lot since mm -hmm. then. <laughs> mm -hmm. I, I've seen some of the changes over time. Oh, yeah, well, the, the the first one had these giant stars on it, the bottoms that I cut out of white vinyl. And why, why vinyl? It doesn't fray. Okay. And it was what I could get my hands on. Sure, okay. <laughs> um, since then, I've moved on to pre-embroidered applique stars that mm -hmm. I sew on. Mm -hmm. um, a little difficult to sew on, especially onto a, a stretch garment, but uh, I got lucky with finding a beautiful stretch satin for the, the bottoms. Mm-hmm. Um, at Michael Levine's downtown LA. Yep. Of course, yep. never seen it there again, but mm -hmm. well, I, I got it when I got it and I got lucky. The I upgraded my silk to a very, I saw this stuff at uh, International Silk and Woolens. Mm -hmm. Beautiful, gorgeous red silk, $50 a yard, but what you going to do? It was gorgeous. So I bought it and I that was my upgraded top version. Mm-hmm. And I modded that off of a Butterick pattern. Does, uh, now, I because I'm used to this sort of Alex Ross version you've been wearing more recently that has the, the metallic breastplate. Um, it's always been that version that I've done. It's always been that version? It's always been that version that I've done. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just, it's in, it's gotten a bit beefier. The my, my breastplate and belt on my Wonder Woman, they read really well. Mm -hmm. They look, especially in photographs, they look like they are mirror finish metal. Mm-hmm. But they're not. They're vinyl. Um, I got really lucky uh, when I was first looking into making the Wonder Woman. I came across this really strange material in downtown L.A. And what it was was a clear vinyl that had a metallic gold foil mm -hmm. adhered to the back of it. So it looked like mirror finish metal. But it was vinyl, and it was very flexible, and pliable, and cuttable, and wearable, hmm. and great to great and easy. The first year, my breastplate was mainly just some, just the vinyl itself with mm. no backing, uh, held to the, to the, um, the top, and the belt was we tried the vinyl on top of some really cheap plasticky stuff that we found. Didn't work that great. Didn't hold up terribly well, um, especially on the ride up. Things sort of exploded from heat in the oh, car. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, so we've upgraded since then. The next year, um, came up with the idea to use leather mm -hmm. as the backing on the vinyl, and got some really heavy duty saddle leather. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Uh, and uh, cut the belt shape out of that. Put the mm -hmm. vinyl on top of that, and mm -hmm. did the same with the the breastplate. And then just some some Velcro and a few snaps here and there, and it reads wonderfully. Oh yeah, nope. I, I still think of it as metal, and it's and as you just most said, most people do. It's it's really funny because the well the saddle leather is pretty heavy duty anyways, mm -hmm. but when people will want, especially guys, when they'll want to take their photo with Wonder Woman, 
you know, a lot of times they'll put their hand around my waist. Mm-hmm. And I'll get this hand that goes around my waist and it gets on my belt. Mm-hmm. And then the next thing I know, I get this knocking on my belt because they <laughs> feel it and it doesn't feel like metal. No. And they're like, what is this? So they start knocking on it <laughs> and, and it just confuses them because sure. it doesn't it doesn't resonate that way. They're like, what is that? Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> because uh, it's this really heavy duty thick leather with the vinyl on top. I get that when I'm Iron Man. There's always people that walk up and have to touch the armor because they. It's like they. It reads really well, but yeah, when, once you're within two feet, they know it's not. But what is it? And, well, yeah. even well, the thing about the the vinyl is even once you're up on close to it, it mm-hmm. still looks like metal. Mm-hmm. Only the closer you get to it, the waverier it gets because mm-hmm. it's it's not on a perfectly smooth surface. Right. It's on the leather, which dents and mm-hmm. stuff. So it looks kind of hand hammered, is what I say. Right, right, right. <laughs> But it, it reads well. And as far as comfort, mm-hmm. it's a lot easier to wear than metal would oh, be. Oh, sure. sure. Uh, I can bend, I can move, I can twist, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't have to worry about injuring anybody with it. I know I know Valerie, who's got the metal mm-hmm. metal breastplate, she's, mm-hmm. she's got to be a little careful because it's got some weight to it. Sure, sure. Have the boots always been Durant's? Uh, no, the first year I had, I bought some red suede boots online mm. and I modified them with white vinyl yep. and double-sided tape okay. and glue and stuff. And those exploded in the car too from the heat and had mm-hmm. to be repaired and on, on site. Uh, and after that I went to Duran's boots in downtown LA mm. and I brought them pictures and showed them exactly what I want. And they made me the beautiful Wonder Woman boots I've been wearing for years and years and years. Well worth the investment to have custom-made boots done. Mm-hmm. They're comfortable. They're a wedge heel. Yes. Um, so uh, they're they're great. Mm-hmm. I, they're some of the best con shoes. Those in my Xena boots are the best con shoes in the world. Uh, yeah, no, I, I will sing the praises of Duran's uh, as well, of course, which I know we've discussed for Star Trek, for Captain Marvel, for Superman, uh, recently for Tom Baker, maybe a great pair of Tom Baker boots. So, yeah. Um, yeah, well, I actually went to them about the Catwoman boots to see if they could mm-hmm. could do that. But it because of the type of heel, they don't work with that type of heel. So That's they right. couldn't. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, they do have limitations. Yeah, but they're generally good with most basic boots. Anyways, the bracelets, those are those are metal. The bracelets are, I get them, I get them from uh, Hollywood Wig and Toy mm-hmm. in down, uh, in Hollywood, mm-hmm. actually on Hollywood Boulevard. They're cheap Halloween costume bracelets, mm-hmm. um, but they read extraordinarily well. They, nobody's ever, ever said, oh, those are cheap and tacky mm-hmm. or what they read very, very well. I would mm-hmm. love to upgrade them eventually. I just haven't found anything I liked better. Mm-hmm. The only downside is they're they're cheap, so they tarnish, so they need cleaning, and you have to buy new ones. But they're cheap, so it's no big. I mean, they're like twelve, fourteen bucks a pair. Sure, sure. Um, and they they read well in photos, so mm-hmm. I'm good with it. Um, have you considered doing any other version of Wonder Woman? I have. I've considered doing Kingdom Come. Mm-hmm. Um, I've also considered doing a a cape. And the the Linda Carter woman ha- Wonder Woman has a lot of appeal, mm-hmm. um, but to do it right, that's a lot of work. Yeah. In in that suit, mm-hmm. um, I know from uh, from my friend Lynn and at William Studio too, who make a beautiful, highly detailed version of that suit. Yeah, I've seen how it. much freaking work it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I like my Alex Ross suit. Sure, so well. sure, um, yeah. So. Um, 
I probably won't do a different version of Wonder Woman necessarily. I might add a cape some point down mm-hmm. the line, but it, uh, hard to say. Okay. Y- you never know when I'm going to get an itch and go mad that, that's a week true. before the con. <laughs> you know, I was going to work up to this, but you just gave me my segue. I've, you are the queen of people I know where you're like, I'm not going to do a costume. And then one to two <laughs> weeks before a convention, next thing I know, you just sort of materialize one. I know that's not literally what you do, but it feels like you just went boom, like Osgood and the ambassador of death and the snowman. And I could go on, but it's like suddenly where'd that come from? And you seem to, I don't know why it's like, I get this madness as we get closer to the con and suddenly it's like two weeks before the con. And I'm like, I want to do something new. Right. And I become insane. Yes. (laughs) And spend, you know, however crazy long making the costume and somehow I managed to most years pull something out. Uh, occasionally I've managed to talk myself off of that, that insanity. Yeah. Like a couple years ago at last minute, I was thinking about making a minion suit and I talked myself out of that. And I've, I've talked myself out of the big bird costume I was thinking about doing, but I'm almost falling back into that now. I don't know. There's I have no place to store a big bird suit. That's part of the problem with these big suits that I'm discovering. Yeah. Well, yeah, I would love to do big bird in a mm-hmm. con, but mm-hmm. that suit, to do it correctly, is not really a con-friendly suit. Mm-hmm. It's a stage suit. Yeah. And you would need a lot of handlers, you'd need a big van, you'd need a place to change and to go frequently to to cool off and, and take there's breaks, yeah. take breaks and there's no great way to see out of it. And if you don't have handlers guarding you, you're gonna get plucked. Yeah. Yeah. Just the nature of the the beast. You're in mm-hmm. a large crowd with kids and stuff. You're going to get plucked. Isn't your arm all the way up the neck the whole time? Yes, you have yeah. to be able to basically hold five pounds over your head extended for however long you're in that suit. There's mm-hmm. no way to to relax your arm or mm-hmm. prop it down or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And that itself is an extreme toll. I mean, just walking around with a puppet, yeah, not, not even up over your head, but mm-hmm. just a puppet at regular level, mm-hmm. your, your hand starts to go numb. Your thumb goes numb. Your, your whole arm by the end of the day will be numb mm-hmm. just, just from the physicality of it. Right. You've said that with beaker and with, and uh, with cookie. cookie monster. Yeah. yeah it's, and those are a little easier to rest. <laughs> Big Bird, there's no resting. <laughs> yeah, no resting. Um, part of me would still love to do it. Well, I did think uh, Osgood was a very good choice uh, from Doctor Who because that looked relatively easy to put together. <laughs> you know, you think that. Okay. You think that. And I thought that too. Uh-huh. I thought, Osgood, how hard could it be to do an Osgood? Mm-hmm. I've got a lab coat. Uh, get You know, but then you start get into it <laughs> well i mean okay glasses must have been easy and i don't know where you got the inhaler from but um i could tell you but i'd have to kill you okay <laughs> i have an idea where I, li- I liberated it from somewhere and then i painted it the appropriate color um and then she's wearing like green velveteen or corduroy pants oh okay yeah right, right. so i had to find green pants mm-hmm. i think i found some jeans that were green they weren't corduroy but they would do and then she's got like this beige sweater you would think it would be easy enough to find a beige cardigan uh, yes not when you're looking for it well also what time of year was this that you did it july oh no it was coming up for galley so it was in in february it was sweater weather but Mm. finding one 
forget it. It mm-hmm. was crazy. Mm-hmm. Looked everywhere. I mean, I finally found something, but it was a long slog sure. to find sure. and to find a, a shirt that's kind of got the right print. When you start breaking down into it, mm-hmm. it drives you mad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It drives you mad. Yeah, I know. I know. There's no such thing as an easy costume. No matter anytime you think to yourself, "This will be easy," you are lying to yourself. Um, unless, as I say. Unless it's a Halloween thing and you don't really care. Oh, well, yes, there's that. I was going to say there are times where the moon's align and you do actually kind of stumble across your key bits, at least the difficult stuff, and the rest is easy, but you've managed to scale. That's rarer, though. Yeah, I can only think of maybe two times it's happened to me, but when it does, you you just kind of roll with it. And, and well, if you stumble across key bits, that's one thing, but if you think to yourself, mm-hmm. oh, I can do this costume, it'll be easy, mm-hmm. you're lying to yourself. <laughs> I'll I'll say ninety percent of the time I'll, I'll I'll give you a ninety percent agreement on that. My Joker was a good example of everything fell into place kind of by magic on that one. But you were planning to do that. You didn't start to do that thinking to yourself it would be easy. Well, not exactly. Basically, once we found the suit fabric, suit and pants fabric, I knew we were relatively home free. But that was the big the big thing that had to be solved in one weekend, no less. So. That was the big issue. But everything else, I had a plan. Yes, eventually I wanted to do it, but I wasn't 100% sure I was going to do it until like the week before we decided to do it, if that makes sense. Yes, that does yeah. make sense, because that's dangerous time. Mm-hmm. That's when you see something and you get ideas. Yeah, exactly. And that's always dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, so dangerous. It is, I know. Um, so uh, let, let me think here. So, yes, Osgood. Um, and, and here's my other thing. You, for, for, like, for Doctor Who, you've really kind of gone all over from fairly elaborate novice haim. I'll, and I'll put the snowman over there to, I'll say, comparatively easy with Osgood. Of those characters, uh, what do you think gets the best reaction? Novice haim gets the best reaction. Mm-hmm. Um, people love the makeup. They love the full face prosthetic. I do, you know, the makeup takes about three, four hours. Yeah, I've seen it, yes. Uh, and I glue a full latex prosthetic to my face Mm -hmm. and the people love it. You know, they don't have to be Doctor Who fans. Mm -hmm. They just love the cat, the cat nun. Sure. You know, Mm -hmm. uh, they just love it. They don't. And hands down. And the snowman always gets a good reaction. People like the snowman. Mm-hmm. It was a little annoying after Fro- um, Frozen came out because everybody wanted to sing to me the You Want to Build a Snowman sure, song. Sure. Yeah. That got old fast. Yeah. I'm an evil snowman. Right, right. You know? Mm-hmm. But the snowman's also a, a lot of fun. Very hot to wear. It looks hot. It, I, I generally have to strap multiple bags of ice all over my body, which mm-hmm. I, you know, I bring lots of Ziplocs and yes. I hit the ice machine. Yes. And and so I'm a combination of melting and freezing. <laughs> I, well, which is very appropriate for that costume. Um, but what I like, I think, the most about it is when you kind of leave it on the floor, it looks like a melted snowman. That was a happy accident. I just wanted to try and, and sit down on the floor while I was waiting to get into a room for a panel and mm-hmm. so I just sort of started to sink down and people are like she's melting so after that melting was was cool it gives me a break get <laughs> I can sit down you know uh only the only thing was at one point I was I was sitting in the hallway waiting to go into a panel when waiting for them to change out and and uh, CJ comes up to me and goes, Vicky, Vicky, are you okay? They were worried I'd collapse from heat exhaustion oh, or something. I'm oh. like, no, I'm just waiting. It's cool. Nice, nice. <laughs> uh, that that costume looks like it's uh, it's like 
like what cotton batting wrapped around I don't know some kind of a, a blanket or something what is it um I basically just made a, a giant kind of I made a giant triangular conical shape out of some fabric that I had mm-hmm. hanging around uh put a hula hoop in the bottom as a rim to give it form covered the the whole thing with a big wad of quilt batting that I, I bought at Joann's. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, put a little a little zipper in the, the side seam so that I could unzip and get a hand out if I needed to and zip it back up and get it in. Mm-hmm. And the the head is made out of foss shape. Ah, uh, um, good old foss shape, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually... Um, I actually, <laughs> I actually went around to different stores and found tried on different bowl shaped vases over my head <laughs> to see which one was big enough mm-hmm. to fit over my head and have the right the right size. And when I found one, I bought it, and I then uh, took some clay and I sculpted the face shape on the uh, the vase apes upside down. Okay. And then I took the faw shape and I steamed it around the clay to get the the facial features. Right. Just the face. Mm-hmm. And then I steamed a faw shape around the entire vase itself without the clay on it to get the the the, the round spherical shape. Mm-hmm. And then I sewed and glued the uh, the different features on in the appropriate places and went from there. Hmm. Cut out the the mouth. I went to the Joann's and I held up a zillion different black fabrics till yeah. I found one I could sort of see through. Right, right, right. <laughs> but you couldn't see me through. Right. And uh, used that and some uh, some foamies, some L200, mm-hmm. really thin uh, for the teeth. Mm-hmm. And uh, a base, uh, not a baseball, um, a bicycle helmet, a cheap bicycle helmet I wear underneath. Sure, for, yeah. And I have a little Velcro attached to the top of it and to the top of the the snowman head mm-hmm. so it rests on that and moves and turns and it supports it and i see through the mouth so there's no ventilation <laughs> it's the helmet itself is hot even if my body is okay from all the ice my head dies mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um uh, uh, but know, it gets a lot of love I know, I know it gets a lot of love um do you do you at least have uh the um scott patented um headband underneath Yes, I do. I do wear a headband underneath. Yes, yes. you need to help catch the sweat so it doesn't run into your eyes. eyes. Yeah, because you can't reach up and wipe your eyes. Yeah, (laughs) I know all too well. Um, So, um, Ambassador of Death, costume very close to my heart. And Um, another one of my last minute. (laughs) Yes, I know, and that that blew me away. I'm like, you threw this together, and when? Like what? Um, I think that I think that uh, took me. What four days to make, and that was four. a lot of freaking quilting. That whole spacesuit is quilted in lines and and stuff. But now, wasn't the helmet from one of the? Um, I bought the helmet at one of the Western Costume, Western uh, costume spring sales. cleaning sales that they used to have several years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, it was super cheap, like ten or fifteen dollars, mm-hmm. and it was like a, a spacey looking helmet with a. A rim for a visor, but it didn't have anything in it. It just had the outline, which the, the thing would go, your visor would go to cover your face. And um, I had some uh, one-way mirror mylar film mm-hmm. that I had bought for another project, mm-hmm. and just because. Yeah, of course. Um, so I p- cut some of that out and put that in there, and it reads really well mm-hmm. for the uh, 
the helmet visor, and then we spray painted it and sanded it to get it gray. Um, for the the spacesuit, I went to Home Depot mm-hmm. and I bought one of those cheap painter overall covers, mm-hmm. and I basically ripped that apart and used that as my pattern. Mm-hmm. And then it was just quilting the whole bloody thing. I used some muslin that I had dyed gray. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I managed to find a pair of $5 gray wellies, <laughs> which were the lucky find. Yes. Um, for the first time I wore it, the gloves were just like rubber kitchen gloves that mm-hmm. it, I found if you turn them inside out, they had the right gray look. Perfect, yeah. Um, since then, I've upgraded to welding gloves, which are gray suede and much more like the what, what they used. Mm-hmm. Um Still very warm and bulky, but not quite as sweaty inside because sure. at least they absorb. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And there you go. That's uh, oh, and the 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 chest unit was various bits of wood painted and strapped on with some clear wire fishing line, and then that we got this like plumbing hose that had kind of it's not quite right but it was close enough for my budget yeah and yeah. just various bits and bobs from the home depot sure good old home depot mm-hmm. home depot um so the i mean i love the costume because any love for pertwee especially season seven pertwee is is always good in my book but uh don't you often run into people mistaking you for the impossible astronaut from people season? mistake me for all sorts of stuff and mm-hmm. that um but they're all happy to see it, whether they know it's, it's kind of like, it's kind of like novice Haim. whether they know the character or not, they think it's cool. Sure. Um, funny, funny thing was, um, one galley, I was on a, a panel Mm -hmm. and I was in the process of putting on my novice Haim makeup, but I was supposed to be on the panel and I was running out of time. Right, right. So my makeup was only partially done. It takes a long time to glue the appliance and stuff on and then do all the makeup. So, I I just threw on the ambassador of death suit mm-hmm. on top of it because I knew that would cover everything, mm-hmm. and I went down to the panel. Mm-hmm. Well, to do the panel, I had to lift the visor. Right. And I told everybody, look, you know, here's what's going on. People loved the weird undone cat makeup inside mm-hmm. the suit. They thought that was just freaking awesome. I'm sure. like, the makeup's not even properly done. It's mm-hmm. glued on. It's not blended. It's not painted. It's just. But they didn't care. They thought it was freaking awesome. So sure, maybe sure. one day I'll do the cat inside the suit. I don't know. Hey, it's merging two eras of the show. It's uh, it's pretty interesting. Um, uh, so uh, people love pe- cats and spacey stuff. I guess that is true. Um, what so for the people that do know what it is, is it is it like like when I wore the Greatest American Hero, only like one out of ten got it, but though that one person, you made their day. Well, I made your day. Bob. Well, I know you made my day. That goes without saying. That's like a given if for anyone who knows me well, who's listening I, to this. But it got a really great response. Mm-hmm. It's a little hard to tell who was really on it or not. Mm-hmm. I think I think maybe four or five people actually said ambassador of death. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's also it's a little hard to hear in the in yeah, the helmet. You're right. Good point. <laughs> so it could have been more. But I, I do know that several people did recognize the character and were very happy to see it. And a lot of people were just happy to see it. Uh, so this this leads me to the uh, standard staple question. Um, most famous uh, misidentification you've had in any of your costumes? Oh, when I'm... Uh, well, somebody called me Wonder Woman when I was Xena. 
which was pre uh, and and when I'm when I've done Catwoman or or Batgirl, it's pretty common for people to call you Batwoman, Cat Thing, or any combination of Bat, Cat, and Woman. Mm-hmm. Um, they they're not they don't they know it's Batman related. They mm-hmm. don't you know I've been called Batgirl when I'm Catwoman. I've been called Catwoman when I'm Batgirl. Mm-hmm. Uh, and any combination that you can think of in there. It's it's like it's like people are in the right zone, but they it's like they, they're just not quite yeah they on haven't, it. Haven't quite fully connected or something. Or, yeah, or maybe they're just not that big of a fan, so they're just immediately they know it's something like yeah, that right. somewhere in that realm. Mm-hmm. Um, so they just they just go with it. But I think being mistaken for Wonder Woman when I was you know was probably the 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 biggest misidentification because you know there's there's yes there is a breastplate. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, they both have dark hair, but there's the lack of the tiara. Mm-hmm. There's the lack of the colors. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's kind of a big misidentification in mm-hmm. my book. Right. Oh, well, well, the person who commonly would misidentify me when I was Catwoman or Batgirl would be George Barris, um, who who is very well versed in the, the Batman. As he should be. As he should be, but mm-hmm. he would just tend to call me Twinkle Toes because he could never quite get it straight. <laughs> Okay, Xena. Tell me about Xena. Uh, Xena is awesome. It's uh, costumes by Todd. Mm-hmm. He does beautiful and amazing work. Uh, I can't recognize him. High, high, I can't recommend him highly enough. And he's a super nice guy. Mm-hmm. He is absolutely amazing. Um, salt of the earth, just fabulous to work with. He puts a lot of care and love and detail, and he stands behind all his product. Mm-hmm. And it's gorgeous it is absolutely gorgeous um i mean it's all leather the the armor is risen um the boots are phenomenal they're built on top of tennis shoes just like they did on the show so they are uber comfortable to wear Mm -hmm. and um my my chakram is solid metal and absolutely gorgeous Mm um cannot praise his work highly enough it's gorgeous stuff and it gets you know it gets it doesn't get as much love as some of the bigger, more mainstream characters, but the characters who are happy to see me are so happy to see me. The people who are love Xena are mm-hmm. so happy to see me. Um, Do you think that's just because it, the show has been off for so long versus... The show has been off the air for a long time. Um, syndication has changed and stuff. People don't have quite as much exposure to mm-hmm. it nowadays. There is still a diehard fan base. Well, there. One of the last times I saw you wear it was that a year or two ago. I want to say it was Big Wow. It was Big Wow. Uh, there was quite a lot of love for that character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It. I mean, it still gets a lot of love. That's why I still bring it out. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the people who who are happy to see it are extraordinarily happy to see it. Especially mm-hmm. if I do the yell. The yell oh, always well, kills them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they love the yell mm-hmm. and they love the suit. So that that always gets a wonderful reaction. Uh, Catwoman's always a lot of fun. Always gets a great reaction, especially if you're in the the group that we do sometimes. Totally, Star Trek always gets a lot That's of. That's true. Yeah, where you well originally you were just sort of a regular uh, lieutenant, and then you became kind of an Andorian. Um, well, kind of, yeah, I started out in the red dress. Yes, and all I really wanted to do was make myself a little Star Trek red dress as an easy costume to run around on a Thursday with, and then somehow I wound up making the whole away team. Well, you can you can blame the the, that the just sort of costuming virus getting around too for that one. Um, yeah. yeah, but that's okay. It turned turned out great, and it's a lot of fun to do. Um, but then last year, I decided um, 
Beaker gets so much love when I take him to cons mm-hmm. that I decided I'd make him a red shirt. Yes. And have him join the Star Trek crew. Mm-hmm. And so I fit in a little more as opposed to just the puppeteer lurking in the background, mm-hmm. totally in regular clothes. I made myself an Endoran with the blue and mm-hmm. the antennae and the the whole thing. And that was another thrown together last minute Last minute, costume. yep. yep. But I did have most of it in my closet already. That well, works out. Um, and, and that got a lot of love i remember oh yeah it got i felt actually felt kind of bad for the rest of the away team because beaker got so much love and attention Mm -hmm. and and they're all kind of like oh yeah you guys can get in too yeah but it's it is something about getting as we've said those three colors together Together, when you have the whole the whole thing Mm -hmm. um it was and also it was interesting to note because i do i run around with beaker when i'm just in regular street clothes and then everybody wants their picture with Beaker. They want to take a selfie with Beaker. Yep. And I'm just like a fly on the wall. Sure. They don't even see me. Mm-hmm. But when I was dressed up in the Andorran with the blue and their stuff, get in the picture too. Get yep. in the picture too. Yep, yep. You know, suddenly, I, suddenly I'm Beaker's prop, right. which is interesting. Right, it's an, right. uh, but starting to do the puppeteering at the conventions has been an interesting and fun experience. It's... Mm-hmm. It's a little different than cosplay, but it's 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 got its own rewards. It seems like uh, whether you're uh, Beaker or doing Beaker or Cookie, um, it's uh, it always gets quite a lot. Well, it's different though because I think it taps into childhood more so than some of these other characters. Um, so I think I think that's I don't know. It's like a different wave of fan appreciation that I see. It is, and is especially with with Beaker because when I take Beaker to a con, I tend to dress him up. Mm-hmm. Like I'll do. Tom Beaker, I'll put him in, yes. in the the fourth Doctor scarf mm-hmm. and in kind of that color motif, and the Doctor Who fans go ballistic for it. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. they absolutely adore it. Or like I said, I put him in the Star Trek red shirt mm-hmm. and the you know because you got your two loves, you got Beaker from the Muppets mm-hmm. and you got fandom, mm-hmm. and it just yep. seems to gel together very well. Mm-hmm. So when constructing these, uh, are there patterns out there to make replicas of these puppets? Did you just wing it? Or Not what? of these puppets. Mm-hmm. You There are commercially available puppet patterns, but mm-hmm. they are not for any of the Henson or Sesame Street property puppets. Those are copyrighted, mm-hmm. and for obvious reasons, mm-hmm. um, you, you're not going to find a commercially available pattern for those. So it, it is a matter of trial and error and a lot of research. Mm-hmm. Um I analyzed all the YouTube footage, especially anything in high def I could find on Cookie. Um, there's a lot more on Cookie than there is on, on Beaker, and Beaker's kind of hard to to get a, a grip on just because of the the way he's constructed and what he is being a cylindrical. Yeah. Like with Cookie, I could get I could get screen caps and stuff where he's got his mouth open and try and get the diameter of end to end and stuff to try and figure out ratios and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I did I, I think we came really, really close on Cookie. I have photos of my cookie with the cookie. Mm-hmm. And they look pretty good, other than he's a little t- more tealy, mm-hmm. and I'm a little bluer. Mm-hmm. And uh, as he said, I'm a little cleaner. <laughs> yeah, obviously. <laughs> Being a little newer. But uh, he turned out really well. But it's a lot of trial and error. I made like nine different versions of that, just the head alone mm-hmm. for Cookie, trying to get it right. Um, 
This was not something you did last minute then? No. Mm -hmm. No, this was something I've been wanting to do for a long time, and I worked really hard at it. I mean, and it took like five different versions to get the hand right. Mm -hmm. Still have to do a few last minute touches on that. My beaker turned out really good. Um, I didn't have to do quite as many mock-ups and stuff on him. However, he is a bit too large. Mm -hmm. Um, He turned, which I'm I'm happy with it um, because I tend not to be with any other Muppets when I'm with him. Mm -hmm. So the size differential doesn't come in too much. And he's big enough that I can actually hide behind him if I need to. Right, right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Which works well um, on a con floor. Mm -hmm. But the the actual beaker is about four inches or so in diameter, Mm -hmm. whereas mine is slightly over five. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, because the, the particular tubing that I got to make him out of was a bit uh, thicker than expected. Gotcha. Well, they came out great and everybody loves it. They read, he reads well, he's proportional to himself. So it, it comes off well. Right. As always does, does it read? That's, that's the big thing. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm, I, screen accuracy is, is great, but Mm -hmm. if you get the read Mm -hmm. right, that's good enough for me Mm -hmm. in a, in a lot of regards. Have you ever found, and this is something I, I come across, and maybe it's because you get too used to looking at whether it's your friend's favorite costume or, uh, I'm sorry, a favorite costume that a friend wears, that makes sense, uh, or a costume that you wear or, or a Muppet. Um, you look at it so long that, how should I put this, your brain starts to prefer that look over the original. Yeah, you get it, you get it uh, acclimated. Yeah, you that's print. it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yes, yes. I, I can I can say well in a lot of cases especially with with stuff like the Batman stuff mm-hmm. from the the 60s mm-hmm. or some of the stuff from from like the Tom Tyler yeah. stuff mm-hmm. that that stuff wasn't necessarily made the highest end way <laughs> you know especially not if it's for TV production mm-hmm. it could just be wood blocks painted right, and right. you know because they didn't expect anybody back then to analyze it the way we do now no. nowadays you have blu-ray and high def you have to pay a little more attention yeah yeah because people can see the details but back then they never thought anybody would care so mm-hmm. tends to be your replica stuff actually tends to be nicer mm-hmm um, but yeah, you do sort of get adjusted to the look mm-hmm. and stuff, and so that it's like, oh wait, that's I always thought this looked better. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you start to prefer the uh, the the con look, as it were. Um, siding back, Zena's boots are those your most comfortable boots, most comfortable footwear out of all your costumes for a con? Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Um, Flat out, yes. I mean, when I'm the snowman, I could wear pretty much anything, tennis right. shoes or whatever, but right. those basically are tennis shoes. Mm-hmm. So they're just the best to walk around in a con. Um, and so then the boots you hate the most are back to Catwoman? Oh, probably the, the Catwoman or... I've gone through different truck boots. Some mm-hmm. of them have been more comfy than others. Mm-hmm. But yeah, probably the Catwoman. Sure. Um, How tall is the heel on that? It's about two and a half or three inches Mm -hmm. it's taller than it looks because it is such a skinny little kitten heel Mm -hmm. but uh, and the toes are so uber pointy that yeah it it kills um one accessory we haven't covered is wigs you have many a wig for catwoman and uh, wonder woman and uh, uh, of course the andorian and so on um how do you go about doing your wigs uh well it it depends you have to think of what your budget's going to be Mm mm-hmm 
And it's like, if it's a character I'm just trying out or don't really care that much about or throwing together, a lot of times I'll go with a cheaper Halloween wig. Like mm-hmm. with the Andoran, I had a horrible cheap 50s beehive type wig mm-hmm. that I had bought super cheap on a Halloween clearance. Mm-hmm. And I just looked at it and I'm like, ah, let's brush this out and see what I can do with it. And I brushed it to kingdom come and chopped it with some scissors mm-hmm. and turned it into kind of a, an Andorian Bob thing and it and hit it with a little silver or white spray and it, it was fine. Yeah. Yeah. And it read great. It was fine. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, you know, but for, for wonder woman, um, and, and basically Catwoman and stuff, I try and get reference photos of what I want. Mm-hmm. And I have a wig shop that I like, Wig Outfitters in Hollywood. Yeah, we've mentioned before, yep. And, uh, you take it to them and you try stuff on. You go in, you look around, you talk to them, you try several wigs on, find one that you like the color or the styling on. And it's in the price range that you can deal with. And Mm -hmm. then if necessary, you talk to them about styling it the way you need it to be. Mm -hmm. Um, They did. I got my my most current Catwoman, which I had worn the same Catwoman wig for years and years and years. Mm -hmm. And it was not a lace front wig. Right, yeah. And the way I used to get around that was I would set it a little further back in my hair. And then I would work my own bangs back up into it. Right. And I would spray my bangs with different colored hairsprays and stuff to try and blend it into the color of the wig because my hair wasn't the same color. Mm -hmm. And that gave me a great hairline because it was my natural hairline, Mm -hmm. but it was very damaging to the wig. Ah. (laughs) Wigs, especially synthetic wigs, you should not use regular hairspray or colored hairspray products on if you care about them, Mm -hmm. really, Mm -hmm. unless it's like something that will always be that color in that way and it doesn't matter Mm -hmm. um, because it damages them over time. Mm -hmm. So that wig wound up extremely discolored and and messed up. And so I upgraded to a lace front wig Mm -hmm. and I had them style it so that I don't have to do that. Instead, I have the lace front so I have a more natural hairline and Mm -hmm. I just tuck my own hair up underneath it and I don't have to hit it with any of the damaging colored hairsprays. Yes, um, a very good point. Unless, as you say, you, you want to do it once and leave it, leave, leave it be. Right. Yeah. If it's if it's a cheap enough wig and you don't mm-hmm. really care, then go for it. Mm-hmm. But if you've spent a lot of money on a high quality wig, you don't mm-hmm. want to screw it up. Um, so you've you've really uh, dove in on both um, making your own costumes and on the makeup front. These are two things that, if I'm right, you were not that heavy into before cosplay. The cosplay bug hits you pre-Catwoman, right? Um, no, yeah. I mean, I, I, well, I grew up in Texas, so I wore makeup. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the special effects makeup and stuff, that was something I got into through cosplay. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I'm one of these people, I find so many things interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like easily distracted by oh squirrel. Sure, sure. Uh, so the the makeup stuff I find really interesting, and I like to sew. And but yeah, it's all been through cosplay that I've I've started. My I I hadn't really I had sewn maybe a very basic shirt, mm-hmm. like super unbelievably simple mm. before starting cosplay, and and now I've sewn some stuff. I'm like. 
it's like I'm never afraid to tackle something until it blows up in my face. <laughs> sure. Um, it's all a matter of what, starting with, uh, you'll start with vintage patterns or pattern sales, as you say. Well, um, I, I like, I don't know how to custom draft patterns. Mm-hmm. I, that is not a skill set I have. I wish I had it. Mm-hmm. I wish I could see, look at an object, like Malachi, mm-hmm. our friend Malachi, he can look at an object and see the shapes in it and mm-hmm. how to make them. I don't have that skill. Mm-hmm. So what I do is I especially when when patterns are on really good sales i look at different shapes and styles and i try and try and build a stockpile mm-hmm. and then i frankenstein i take i say okay this this pattern is is got this bit that's close to it mm-hmm. but i need to modify the collar or mm-hmm. the sleeve or whatever so then i look at another pattern that's mm-hmm. got maybe the right closer collar or sleeve mm-hmm. and i sort of morph them all together using tracing paper and a lot of a lot of muslin, a lot of mock-ups, mm-hmm. a lot of swearing, mm-hmm. a lot of bleeding, um, maybe some crying. <laughs> but you have so much experience now doing this. At what point do you decide in a costume, I'm going to make this versus I need to outsource this? Um, leather scares me, mm-hmm. which is why I, my Xena costume was – and I, leather is an expensive product to work with. Mm-hmm. You punch a hole in leather, it's there forever. Yeah. Um, and it's very hard to find a product to replicate leather that's uber cheap. Right. You know, you can get muslin really cheap, yeah. especially if you've got a coupon. You can't get uh, a pleather uber, uber cheap, or mm-hmm. at least not cheap enough that I feel comfortable sure. mucking it all up that much. Um, so leather is, while it intrigues me, it, it's past my comfort level. Um most things I will try and figure, see if I can figure it out myself mm-hmm. because I've got that mad scientist For sure. want to, mm-hmm. uh, you know, want to invent type of thing going on. Um, and if I fail spectacularly, mm-hmm. then I will, you know, see about finding somebody who's maybe a bit better qualified. <laughs> <laughs> Um, um, but it's also shoes are not that that easy to do. <laughs> so no. that's it's if 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 you can get if you can get a qualified shoemaker to make you something, that's great. If you can figure out how to do a um, a spat or a, a cover or something, mm-hmm. then that's that's one way to go. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I I think it's also I mean this has been brought up before, but you made a lot of great stuff that you haven't worn, as you say, the Star Trek tunics uh, that Terry and I still get compliments on, even though Anovos is out there with these great replicas uh, for yeah. original series stuff. We still get a lot of compliments uh, for not only the fit, but also the the fabric we chose. We got lucky. Um, we got, we very got lucky, lucky with that. With We found Lucky Fine on the blue. It's not technically the proper blue. No. But it reads well. Yes. And, and mo- no, you know, people look at it and they th- they don't, Unless they're like uber technically obsessed, obsessed. Mm-hmm. Nobody ever really. No, uh, I know Scott's always said it's, uh, it. it's Mego blue, it's Mego gold, and that's it is, great. it is. But it's funny because I see the people in the really accurate looking stuff, the Anovo stuff, and it looks great. But it's weird how I mean, I, I, you know, those studio lights must have been really bringing it to life because it well, does look a little. It's just too like muted. the command color. Yeah, the command color was actually the the actual fabric was avocado green, right. but because of the lighting, it reads gold. Mm-hmm. So we used 
a kind of mustardy gold fabric. Mm-hmm. Uh, not screen accurate, not even the right. It's a woven. It's not a knit. It's but it was the best I could find for color, mm-hmm. for the look, mm-hmm. and people love it. Mm-hmm. People. Love it because even though it's not screen accurate to the avocado green, it's what they saw on their TV or sure. as close to it, 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 it hits them in the feels. Uh, the patterns for these, they are widely available through what, Roddenberry.com? Roddenberry.com. Mm-hmm. You can get the patterns for the uh, original series shirt. The, the pants for the Star Trek original series are also available now on the uh, Roddenberry website, as is the dress for the woman's uniform scant. Mm -hmm. However, um, I haven't made the pants pattern, so I don't, I have it, but I haven't made it yet. So I don't know how accurate or easy it is to work with. The shirt pattern's not too bad to work with. Mm -hmm. The dress pattern, at least the one that I made, which they could have improved on it since then, it needs a lot of work. I remember you telling me that. Yeah. It needs a lot of work, a lot of mock-ups, a lot of alterations and work on it. Uh, I made like three or four mock-ups before I finally got it to where it needed to be just for mine. Well, this was going back to, was it 09 or 08? Was the yeah, first year we did it. 09 yeah. or 08, yeah. yeah. So they might have improved on it since then, but... Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's it's a difficult pattern. Do not try and make that pattern without making mock-ups because you will probably regret it. Duly noted. Um, so along the same lines uh, of, of probably difficulty, as I seem to recall, the Mary Marvel that you made for Terry, uh, which I know probably went through quite a few phases, and the cape. Uh, the, the cape, I was very proud of how that cape turned out. That's, that's some of my... The hand stitching on there is the nicest I've ever turned out. I don't know how that happened. But it was it turned out quite lovely. Well, the florets look great. Uh, the florets turned out proper, and they were the biggest pain in the butt. Yeah, I know. Um, because the the trim that we found for it was like three times too wide, so it had to be folded in thirds because you couldn't cut it, or it would just fray into a huge mess. So it's like super thick and hard to fold, but. I got there. Yeah. I got there. And yeah. it turned out, and, and she wears it well. It was well worth the, the schlog. <laughs> yes. The, the amount of time and research on that was, was crazy, but we liked that with the materials and the... No, um, the, the material, the fabric for the cape is mm-hmm. just gorgeous. I absolutely love it. The fabric for the dress is also, also gorgeous. Uh, but uh, putting that together, I mean, I'm sure you used some base patterns, but to get that nice puffy sleeve look uh, must have been... Well, like, I, once again, I... I I have I have probably getting close to three somewhere but probably about two hundred and fifty or more patterns. Mm-hmm. Com- these are commercially available. Berta, Simplicity, um, all the big name brands. Whenever they go on sale, mm-hmm. if I don't have it, I look through the book. I see what's new, and I also I look for shapes. I look for things like a puffed sleeve, a collar line that maybe I don't have, uh, princess seams or dropped waist or high waist or um, just any, I, I try and look at the shapes and where the seams and right. the different parts are because I tend to Frankenstein. I take a bit from this and a right. bit from this and I put it all together. And that's what I did with hers. I took a, a bit from this one and a bit from that one and I put it all together and you always make a mock-up. <laughs> How many did you go through to get the dress done? Uh, I think just one. I think it turned out pretty, pretty well, pretty fast. Okay. It wasn't, it wasn't. A crazy drive me nuts one. Okay. 
No, that's good. I, I mean, I, I always worry about that because it, well, I mean, it looks great. It fits her well. And again, every, that is a little bit of, I mean, there was time involved, but the moon's aligning a little on. Well, the, the dress itself there. is pretty basic. Mm-hmm. I just basically had to find the little puff sleeves and mm-hmm. mod those out uh, and get the, the collar right. So that wasn't too, I think the pattern for the dress I found was pretty close. I just had to switch out the sleeves and do mm-hmm. a, a few alterations and move the zipper from, I think the pattern I had, the zipper was in the front and I moved mm-hmm. it to the back. Right. But because there was a, a seam, it wasn't, wasn't difficult. Mm-hmm. And, uh, then just a lot of applique with the lightning bolt and stuff. Right. Right. And again, thanks to Kelly for helping us with that end and yeah. getting the shapes right and everything. So, um, Lone Ranger. Lone Ranger was a pain in the butt on a lot of different levels um, because his suit is, ex- I mean, you just think, oh, it's a Western suit, some pants and a Western top. His suit is amazingly tailored. When you start looking, he's got zippers in the side. It's mm-hmm. darted. It is a very tailored, structured suit. Mm-hmm. And it's not spandex. There, You know, it's it, as near as I could ascertain it's probably was made out of a wool gabardine mm-hmm. um but if you look at his pants they look like they're sprayed on yeah yet he still can run and jump and everything in right. them. so uh it was it was quite a, a lot of mock-ups to get the the pants and the the top with the placard front and then he's got those strange little faux pocket details yeah yeah and the the sleeves and I had to to once again a lot of Frankensteining, mm-hmm. um, uh, hand sewed buttonholes and just a lot of uh, western get some western shirt pattern patterns get it from here make multiple mock ups and get lucky on the fabric trying to find a, a fabric which we got really lucky on the fabric. Um, I saw the various uh, ones you were looking at. Now, did you end up with one that had a stretch or no? Yes, mm-hmm. I got lucky. The fabric we wound up with does have a stretch. It's got a nice heavy read. It was really easy to work with. The color was good. And I got really lucky because the fabric that I had originally purchased, which was almost identical to it, um, I, I made my mock-ups. I thought I had everything right. Mm-hmm. I went to make the pants. The pants turned out so wrong. Hmm. They were like MC Hammer crotch. (laughs) I mean, they just did, you know, they just, it just went, it went wrong somewhere really bad. Mm -hmm. And I didn't have enough of the original fabric to go and make another shirt and pants. And the shirt and pants needed to match. Right, right. So you run downtown and you're freaking out and you have your swatch. And I found a fabric that was almost the identical color that was even cheaper. And so I bought enough to do the pants and the shirt again. Mm-hmm. And it, it turned out really well. But I, I did make multiple mock-ups. And even even then, mm-hmm. I still wound up problems. So uh, word of advice, always buy extra fabric. Always. <laughs> always. Would, would you classify this as the most difficult costume you made? Yes, I think because there there was a lot of detail mm-hmm. and tailoring. There are, there's a zipper in the side because the shirt is so tailored. It's got darting. It's got these little faux placards, and it's got the western front line, and then it's got the placard neckline. Mm-hmm. And then you had the pants, which had to be uber tight but yep. still workable. Right, right, right. <laughs> um, so yeah, in the the sleeves with the the button cuffs and stuff like that. Yeah, that was probably my my most complicated. So how does this compare to Zorro? 
Well, for one thing, Zorro's all black, which is very forgiving, true. both in, in wearing and in stitching. Yes, very true. <laughs> um, and the Zorro, the Zorro shirt was modded a little, but it wasn't that difficult of a, of a shirt. It just needed to make the sleeves a little blousier, and then it was just basically a button-up shirt mm-hmm. just once you found the fabric. Um, the cape was a learning experience. I'd never made a, a cape before other than the Mary Marvel, mm-hmm. but that was a different type of cape. Totally. Um, and I used a wonderful fabric that is no longer available oh, called yeah. Zeus. Yeah. And I, I wish you used to be able to get Zeus lining at Joann's and it was the best thing ever. It was a heavyweight flannel backed lining mm-hmm. that was satin and gorgeous and amazing. And the stuff that they have now does not compare in any way, shape or form. Mm. And bring back Zeus. Just saying. <laughs> bring it back. I want my Zeus. But uh, once again, also, you had the pants that needed to be <laughs> very form-fitting. Mm-hmm. and and uh, But, you know, there, once again, you, you get a little... You can you can work with a stretch gabardine, mm-hmm. uh, which helps some. Um, and uh, the gloves were, were just gloves we found and modded. Yes. The, mm-hmm. the hat was a Halloween hat that we bought and added the trim and stuff to uh, last minute. And then once you, you throw the right sword on and the makeup... Yeah, yeah. Key. The, the makeup is mm-hmm. is more the detail handling, the mustache and mm-hmm. everything, which takes a while. Well, yeah, you've gotten very creative with mustaches, as I well know, uh, and I'm, you you get really creative with the airbrushing, as I also know from Hartnell. Uh, so that's that's also been a huge, I think, step in your learning curve on makeup. It's it's been it's been an interesting learning. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I I have that crazy mentality that seems to think I can do anything until I try it and fall on my face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if it blows up on me, I'll accept maybe I can't do it. But I I'm I'm not afraid to try it first. I think it's a good motto for everyone. Don't be afraid to try. Um, most memorable experience in any of your costumes. The kids are always absolutely amazing. You know how there there's. <laughs> There was, uh, shortly after, I think this was the second or third year we've been doing Batman and, and Wonder Woman at, at conventions, um, we went to the Hollywood Halloween parade that mm. they do, mm-hmm. which is like a big Halloween street fair where people dress up. And uh, I was Wonder Woman and, and Scott was Batman. And we're just walking along and there was this little girl there with her family who was dressed up as Supergirl. And she was thrilled to death to see Wonder Woman. Mm. Oh, my. She was over the moon. She just runs up to me, gives me a huge hug, standing there, wants photo taken. And, you know, happy as happy can be. Mm-hmm. Just thrilled, mm-hmm. you know. And that's always, always awesome. Um, so, but then her parents are like, okay, we got to go. And so she's like, okay, bye. Okay. You know, telling her parents goodbye. Oh, oh, oh. She's going to stay with Wonder Woman. Okay. And they literally dragged her away crying, <laughs> which was, you know, it's like at first it's this wonderful experience and now I've just broken her heart because mm-hmm. she can't stay with me. Oh. Um, but, you know, it's it's those memorable things. Um, uh, like like seeing a, a little girl launch herself at Terry when yes. she's dressed as Batgirl and yes. literally knock Terry on her butt because mm-hmm. she's just throwing herself at her. She's so excited. Yes. Uh, I flipped a guy. I I actually flipped a guy as as Batgirl once. Um, you, you had the range of motion to flip a guy. I I flipped him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
they were two guys with a video camera. They were wanting cosplayers to pretend like they were beating them up. And I'm like, well, I'm, I won't beat you up, but I just grabbed him and I judo flipped him. I don't know how I did it, but I did it okay. slowly. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to hurt him. Sure, sure. But it, it, it went out. So who knew? I'm, I'm sure it was exactly what they needed. Um, the When we were all in our Trek crew uh, with our, our full lineup that I think it was the first year we had the full lineup with mm-hmm. Spock and, mm-hmm. and everybody we had a good crew and then who walks by behind us and says nice costumes oh, yeah. but mm-hmm. Walter Koenig that was a moment that was an amazing moment and we're all sitting standing there posing for for pictures and it doesn't even clock with most of us who just walked behind us and yeah. said that yeah, yeah but it clocked with Scott yeah. and so we're standing posing for pictures and suddenly our Kurt goes running off yeah yeah and we're like where's Kurt going why is he going and then he comes back with Walter and we're like oh yeah that was amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That a good, good was piece of amazing. That. Yeah. I'm glad that's on camera. Most uncomfortable moment, uh, the time I was dressed as Wonder Woman and some guy wanted me to sign his porn. Uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Not going to happen. Uh-huh. And then he didn't understand why I wouldn't sign his porn. Even better. And, I, you know, and it, it's like, dude. I'm not, uh, it's, I wouldn't set a good example. I'm not going to sign your porn. Get right. over it. Yeah. I mean, was, ew, was a little it, creepy. I mean, it, was, it wasn't even like superhero themed porn. It was I just, have no idea. I wouldn't look in that okay. closely at right. it. I didn't care. I'm, didn't just, I'm trying know. to follow the logic this guy was doing here. You but, know, okay. um, I wasn't going to touch it to look at it in okay. depth. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, you have a very well stocked uh, sewing room, sewing area. Uh, what do you recommend listeners um, use as resources for their own sewing rooms in terms of where you like to get materials? Well, you got to go with what you can find. It's mm-hmm. very hard to, I mean, you can buy fabrics online, especially if they'll send you swatches and stuff, although sometimes you have to pay for them. But it's always worth it if you can actually see and feel the fabric. I've bought a lot of fabrics online just based on description and and photo and had it show up. And, you know, if your colors are different, the monitor settings, though, it cannot be what you need. Mm-hmm. So you can spend a lot of money on stuff that right. doesn't work. Right. Um, so in some regards, you got to go with what you can find. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I whenever patterns go on sale, especially if it's a dollar sale or a two dollar sale or whatever, I am always there going through the book. I have a on on Google Sheets. Mm-hmm. I have a spreadsheet that lists all my patterns that I have, so mm-hmm. I know if I've got it already. Wow. Okay. Um, and I also try and get a range of sizes. Mm-hmm. The thing is, I don't cut my patterns. Mm-hmm. I buy tracing paper by the roll and mm-hmm. I trace them out so that even if if I want to make it for somebody else or if I want a Frankenstein part of it, if I need it in a different size, if something changes, it's still intact. I can go back and trace it off as many times as I need. Sure, sure. Nope, smart. And it's much easier to Frankenstein pieces and alter pieces if you're doing it on a tracing paper that you're copying on mm-hmm. than if you're... you're because once you cut your pattern, it's cut. You can't change the size. You, it's done. Mm-hmm. And it's it's also harder to store it nicely. Mm-hmm. Yes, good point. Um, what about what about uh, makeup for your novice hame? Where where do you get the prosthetics for that? Um, the prosthetics I normally order off of Amazon. Mm-hmm. It's a commercially available full face lion uh, latex soft foam prosthetic. Uh, I don't recommend that you do glue a full face prosthetic on you if you don't have experience in training. Be very careful with makeup tutorials that you see on YouTube because a lot of those people do some really stupid crap. 
And some of it's dangerous. And just because you don't get burned the first time doesn't mean that you won't be in serious pain or trouble the second time or Mm. the third. Sooner or later, that stuff catches up with you. So if you're watching a tutorial, make sure it's coming out of a reputable um, school or from a, a, a makeup artist, a special effects artist who's got credits you can verify on IMDb that mm-hmm. they know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, you need to be careful with this stuff. You can really screw yourself up. So final question. Okay. Uh, what is your advice to beginning cosplayers? Go for it. Don't be afraid and don't wait to get it perfect. You, every, you know, you start somewhere. It doesn't have to be uh, the screen accurate, high end, whatever. Go out there, show your love for the character, do the best you can at the time, and you can upgrade and modify as your budget and skill set improves. Just go and have fun. And the, you know what? You don't have to be a perfect dead ringer. You don't have to be the perfect size. You can be heavier. You can be skinnier. You can be taller. You can be shorter. Just try and proportion your costume appropriately for you and make sure you are comfortable in it mm-hmm. and then just go out and have fun and show your you're basically you're showing your love for this character mm-hmm. you're flying your colors mm-hmm. and don't let anybody tell you that you can't words to live by um you have a new podcast please tell the listeners about that uh it's called my comic crush and uh basically i just talked to you about all the comics that i've collected over the years um, you're, you're not going to get a lot of uber recent comics. You're going to get a lot of stuff from back in the eighties or maybe seventies or nineties or two thousands, but they're, they're all comics that I collected. They're in my collection. I, I have loved them. I've read them and I think they're worth knowing about. I think people should go back and read those back issues. It's well, they're good stories. Mm-hmm. You should check them out. This is where the uh, the love of these characters come from, right? The, yes. Know, the yeah. I, I was a collector long before I was a cosplayer. <laughs> Very true. Uh, it's an excellent podcast. I quite enjoy it. Um, you can find it, what, on iTunes? It is on iTunes. It is on uh, Podcast Republic. Uh, you can also go to our website, mycomiccrush.com, and uh, stream it there. And uh, it, it shouldn't be too hard to find. Awesome. Um, and if you need to, to contact me, you can contact me through mycomiccrush.com as well. Excellent. Any final thoughts? Go out and have fun, but be safe. Always be safe. Vicki Sebring, thank you so much. Thank you, Bob. We'll be back next week with more Shop Talk here on Costume Station Zero. Hot dog! Hot dog!